Hey, basketball fans, the season won't be around forever, even if your team does make the playoffs. So get into all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings giving new players a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes. You can claim your free shot at that million dollars just by using the code TBPN during sign-up. You play in daily fantasy basketball simple. You just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see how your team does against, you know, your best friend or some random stranger from around the world. You can take their money. Either way, you can win by playing with DraftKings. You can feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, every steal, assist. They all mean a little bit more to you because, I mean, you're right there with DraftKings. You got money riding on it. And, hey, if you baseball fans... Y'all might have missed out on the season-long fantasy, so, hey, y'all know we got you covered there, too. With DraftKings, your payday comes every day for players when you win, so what you waiting for? Head over, download the app now from your favorite store, download the DraftKings app, and use the code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions reply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back, New Orleans Pelicans fans. Protect the nest and ain't that the truth. There's no in-between with this team. I mean, they can beat Philadelphia this month and then drop one to the Wizards. And the Knicks, even though the Knicks look better. But come on. This team, yeah, there's no in-between. They're kind of inconsistent. They're young. But, hey, we're coming off a win against against the Clippers right after we went and, you know, lost to the Spurs. So that's just the way way this season has went. And that's the growing pains you get with a young team. I think we got to see a lot of that in this Clippers game, uh, especially in the third quarter. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh I want to start at the beginning of the game and how this team, looking at looking at the intro music, again, done by Malik Harrison. He's over at musicmoviesandhoops.com helping us out there, too. Uh, wonderful work he's been doing with some of his other mixtapes, and I appreciate him doing the uh, intro music for us today uh, for the last, you know, for the podcast. But using David Griffin's words in that all the way in or all the way out, and there's no in-between. This team, it's no in-between as far as consistency. But they're getting there. They're building. They're finding the building blocks to, 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 to find ways to close out games next season. They're finding it in the middle of the games this season when there's a little less pressure. The pressure ramps up. Sometimes they fold. They, they, they don't have a winning record even if they've got a lead in the last five minutes. But we can see a lot of what this team needs going forward. And being the all the way in or all the way out that David Griffith says in this intro music uh, – which comes from his introductory press conference where he also said he wanted to build a sustained championship culture. I think the front office knew this season was not going to be an all-in season as far as competing for a championship. Fans, we've all looked at trade markets and run through the trade machine and looked at how we could get Bradley Bill here or maybe even a Carl Anthony Towns who is, is who I'd love to see next to Zion. I doubt it ever happens, but hey, if you can swing it, you can swing it. But this was always going to be a year of evaluation. This was Zion's second year, and he hasn't played a full 82 games. We're still looking at a whole host of, like a starting lineup worth of draft picks with Jackson Hayes, Zion, Kyra Lewis Jr. Uh, we got Didi Gigi Silva coming over from the NBL. 
Nikhil, who's been out. And I think Nikhil has made himself a lot of money on his next contract by being out if he builds on the progress he was making because he was looking real good in them starter minutes. He was getting a load of minutes, and he was playing very efficiently. And with him being out, the offense kind of stuttered. So seeing that how seeing the changes both when you're in the lineup and out of the lineup, this has been a great season for evaluation, experimentation, that sort of Petri dish of lineups, rotation, bringing in short-term contracts like Isaiah Thomas to see how they would fit. Even though, granted, Thomas was never going to be staying in New Orleans long-term, you could see how different styles meshed with different people. And there's a lot of benefit to that. One of the people that I believe we would all agree both that the New Orleans Pelicans need to keep and has been one of the fines of those short-term contracts is Najee Marshall. Look, when David Griffin came in, he had a blank slate. He had a blank check. He had a, a basically a, a canvas, if you will, if you picture a painter. It was totally white. He started painting it in with Trajan Langdon, uh, Aaron Nelson, Swin Cash, bringing in a few players, uh, you know, signing Adams. He made the trade, and, and, and he had a decision. He could have took the Celtics offer, which wasn't quite what he, you know, we don't know what it was because he didn't take it. And we'll never know if it matched up as far as draft picks we can we can judge the talent later and what we think would have been included but we're beyond that now most of this canvas is getting filled in and now look griffin and the front office need to increase their salary cap margins and their margin for error as much as possible before zion's rookie contract expires filling that in with good players nice efficient players that can handle a reserve unit role are comfortable with it and can make sure that the leads that bi and Zion go get, don't get, don't just fall away, don't crumble apart, and then they're they're pressing too much in the clutch way too often when it should be comfortable wins, where they can rest in the fourth quarter, you know, in a couple years, much like, you know, Steph and Clay were resting in fourth quarter so much during their prime. We need to find more of that, and do due to again a variety of circumstances, injuries and whatnot, the pandemic, the Pelicans have been stringing together those short-term contracts in hope of finding inexpensive talent to shore up the back end of this roster. And thankfully, the search for viable wing depth, which we desperately need, it, we can so, so we can again solidify that reserve unit and we play a stopper role in clutch moments. That's looking for that's over. I think now that we found Najee Marshall, he's on a two-way contract where just under a half a million dollars he'll make three times as much as that next year but that's going to be less than two percent of the salary cap and people hear that and go oh wait wait we've got that he can shoot look at the most recent game against the clippers Najee, we got the, the pelicans got the first lead of the game when he hit a corner three after seeing the offense balanced lonzo had a lob to zion who had his players uh, defender sealed off bi come back hit the mid-range game even Bledsoe and Hernan Gomez were gone. They were cooking. and But the first lead come with Najee Marshall hitting the three from the corner. He knew his role. He was comfortable in it. And and we need players like that. And people will say, well, if we've got that, maybe we can let Josh Hart go. Nah, why not both? Why are we not asking why not both? If we don't think Josh Hart's going to get that 15 to $18 million, and according to a most recent Protect the Nest on Twitter poll, the Twitter handle for that is unfiltered dunks, not protecting us, but unfiltered dunks. I run a poll, multiple polls, trying to set the market, and the market says Josh Hart, the Pelicans, they they love him. Thank you for your services, but we cannot pay you that much. 
I, I don't think the market's going to bear that out as far as him getting a contract or an offer sheet that the Pelicans have to match at 15 to 18 million. So if you can pay 10% of your salary cap to retaining Josh Hart at a little over the MLE, so that you take him out of the, you know, out of that market, he'll still get 12 to 15, but I don't think he'll get 18. And and then add Marshall. You've got a crazy good reserve unit getting built. And it's taken up very minimal, like less than less less than a lot of other players that are going to be signed on this market. And you can keep both of these guys in house, and you have rights of first refusal. There, there's no reason not to keep them because they'll be assets going forward. They're manageable. They're cost effective. They're really producing for you. And it, if you want to build a sustained championship culture, I think you've got to do it. I mean, look, Marshall revealed his favorite athlete growing up was Allen Iverson, and that if he were not in the NBA, he'd be pursuing a boxing career. His play on the court matches those two answers. It exudes the vibe this front office wished to project when they picked that hashtag won't bow down mantra, and, and you know, they painted it around the building. This is what that's supposed to mean, if you ask me. And Marshall's voice, I think, I think the front office agrees with me. I think David Griffin agrees with me because Marshall's voice has become a constant in post-game press conferences in the past six weeks. Just his natural confidence and his self-awareness are representative of the city and the sustained championship culture. Griffin was hired to build. I mean, look, hey, it took a minute. Marshall logged three minutes in a loss to the Lakers in January and never got more than, you know, a handful of minutes, five minutes, until he was needed for 30 minutes in what, what wound up being a loss to the Hawks in Atlanta. But now Marshall, he's, he's a mainstay in the rotation. He's deserving of a guaranteed contract for next season for, you know, a few million. You know, looking at like 1.6, 1.8, uh, the cap's probably going to rise to above 115. So he really might just be 1% of the salary cap. you got to keep those kind of pennies around. When you look at opportunity costs and things you can do in the future, those pennies really add up to more than a dollar bill. You know, the interest just keeps building. The, the, the positive benefits of having that kind of player. Look, New Orleans, just, we've had a lot of end-of-bench players that we've loved. They've had a lot of grit, a lot of how to heart, you know. I'm thinking Frank Jackson, Kenrich Williams, uh, Jake Diallo, if you want to go big, small, Jason Smith. But look, look, Najee Marshall showing he's got a little bit more talent. And he's got a little grit. He's got that tenacity about him. You've got to eventually, I think it'll happen this week. I think it'll happen this week, converting Marshall's two-way contract into a fully guaranteed deal because, you know, it'll cost less than two pennies on the salary cap dollar regardless of how the pandemic-affected revenues add up this season. And look, since since that game in Atlanta, since being thrust into the lineup for 23 to 27 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes a game, Marshall is averaging 8.8 points, 40% shooting from the field. It's a 13-14 game sample size now. Marshall's got to the line over 50 times. We've talked about we need to get to the line more. One, the Pelicans get to the line. We just don't hit our free throws. That's a big problem. That's the problem. Again, Marshall got to the line over 50 times in – 13, 14 games, but he only made 33 of them, 34 of them, got 66%. And that matches his 13 to 31, 33% from the three-point line. Look, an offseason with shooting savant Fred Vinson, that'll raise those numbers. You can see that in Lonzo. You can see that in B.I. And Marshall, keep, keep going down the list. Marshall has seven games with nine points or more. He's got six games of six rebounds or more. You're telling me him and Hart couldn't come out and make sure that the opposing team, their second unit, doesn't go on a run because they're getting second-chance points. No, it's not going to happen. 
So I say, why not both? Again, Marshall, Hart, they could both post double-doubles. Marshall got a 16 and an 11, and it didn't even seem like a fluke in the moment. Now that we've got this sample size, we're like, oh, yeah, we see he's possible. that's possible. In the moment, watching that game, we knew he was balling out. He was taking his opportunity and running with it, but it didn't seem like a fluke. And he averages a steal per game. He's working for it. He's got to block every other game. He stays active and engaged in a way Stan Van Gundy greatly appreciates on defense. SVG was going at this team about their how much they cared about defense versus a missed shot earlier in the season. Marshall, he, he, he knows his role. He knows his priorities. And he got within this team. He saw some – for his double-double, he saw some situational matchups that was great, and he played accordingly. But that mentality and that execution from the supporting staff, that'll that's what's going to keep this future Pelicans team – from the frustrations plaguing this season in the clutch and, and, and building leads and losing them, and that gets frustrating. And even if you pull out the win, it was tougher than it needed to be. So the grind of the regular season, it becomes a toll on these young players. When, when these veterans talk about the grind of the regular season, that's what they're talking about. That's what they're talking about. That's why they team up for super teams is so that these comfortable wins stay comfortable wins and they're ready for the playoffs to win that championship. You want to sustain championship culture? That's how you build it. And there seems to be a mounting frustration surrounding New Orleans, but the players and fans alike, they, they got to be patient this season while the front office shores up the back end of the roster. After a five-point loss against the Nets, you know, and the Nets were missing KD. They were missing James Harden to be No Durant. And, and Irvin went out there and showed that he had the best handles in the game. You want to see point Zion? Zion, you need to work on your handles. Watch a lot of Kyrie. Whatever he drills he's been doing, do him twice. And then do him again after breakfast. Because, you know, I'm not going to lie, Zion's handles need work. You can see him getting loose. Even in this Clippers win, he had a lot of loose handles that they, they the Clippers just didn't chase him down and attack the way some, like the Knicks did. The Knicks really attacked his handles. And Zion come out and said, I'm not going to lie, it gets annoying to sit up here every other game and say we're right there and we're not closing it out, so we got to focus on small things. He says it over and over, but until you do it, some of those outcomes aren't going to change. Well, part of being changing that outcome is making sure you got the talent to maintain the success of the starting unit, which has been blowing most teams off the court. And Marshall might be one of the new faces to represent that change. As an undrafted prospect, his whole attitude and approach to opportunity has been, you know, whatever you can. Hit the shot. If it's open, take it. You know, you're a basketball player. you got to do it. you got to play within the game. you got to have that confidence. But he's also cutting. He's rebounding. He's just – he's playing hard, and I like to see it. I think everybody likes to see it. And the front office is going to want to see more of it next season because it's going to come so cheap and help this team so much. And it's not a new role for Marshall. It's one he's comfortable with. He's played it even in college his freshman year. He wasn't that big recruit that got to dominate like a John Morant or a Zion. He had to make the right plays on offense, learn cutting, and all those little nuanced things that some of these star players don't have to learn as early because they just don't need to. The nuances, that's not how they get by. They're, they're noticed because they're a generational star talent or just pure strength or athleticism. Once you reach the professional ranks, cutting, making the right plays, getting into passing lanes, that's things that B.I. and Zion still need to learn a little bit. And I mean, if they'd have done a better job, they'd have closed out that game in a two-point home loss to the Spurs that pushed the Pelicans back four and a half games at a 10th seed. 
that's another reason this front office has to see out the season with patience in mind concerning the next big roster move. Instead of chasing another veteran on 10-day contracts, yeah, bring in Silva. He'll meet the roster floor, convert Marshall's contract, and there's no luxury tax penalty. But even past that, you can't push your chips into the middle of the table too early. If it gets to the end of this season and it looks like Brooklyn and L.A. are just going to be dominating, the Bucks are right there in the East. We don't have to worry about them to the finals. But you got to see where the West is going to be next season, even juggling all the free agent market drama, which has always been plenty in New Orleans. There's no Anthony Davis trade this year, though. There's no Drew Holiday or even J.J. Redick type of issues awaiting this offseason. The Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart decisions, they're restricted free agents. I believe the front office already has their decision tree concerning them mostly in place. With the, Whatever the fates of those two, next year's squads will, will be led by an older, wiser, stronger, more in sync, Williamson-Ingram combination that is actually practiced with their teammates. That hadn't happened this year. Next year, not this season, was always the star of the window for increased playoff expectations. Stan Van Gundy knew that when he come in. Maybe he didn't know he was not going to have as much time to practice, but we've all got to adapt in this pandemic. Again, teams with multiple teenagers, even if led by two early 20s All-Stars, rarely compete for championships. Teams with a Najee Marshall as a depth option in the reserve rotation, able to see out enough regular season wins to at least be in the playoffs consistently, those people, that that's what's going to help Zion and B.I. compete for championships. So... This last 15 games of evaluation won't factor more into the equation of the past, say, 15 months for ball and heart, but they do matter to a degree. They matter even more on if Marshall is going to be here to help fill out the end of the bench. If this has just been a flash in the pan, hey, the Pelicans can still pass, but I believe it's more than that. He's the exact type player that the New Orleans Pelicans need to find to increase their competitive level on the court every night and also maintain flexibility where their cap sheet going into Williamson's second contract. So on that note, Pelicans fans, I'll leave you to it. I hope you're enjoying this weather. Check out that DraftKings TBPN. Protect the nest with a B in it. Switch it all around. You know how it goes. Give us a five-star review anywhere you can on your podcast apps. We've got a bunch coming up this week with coaches from around the city that you're really going to love. Go back. I'm going to put... Y'all, if y'all don't know, I switched over the Basketball Podcast Network. Some of my stuff on Anchor has been switched over. I'm bringing over all those coaches' interviews to the new archive because, frankly, I think they're they're just they're worthy. The coaches in these interviews, Coach Rory, Coach Sean Dumas, Coach Micah Hagens. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Josh Matinko up in Oregon. Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, it, it's really changed the way I approach the podcast. Really, really change the way the audience has come at the podcast and i appreciate it so much again if you could throw us a five-star review we'll keep throwing you these podcasts again thanks thanks y'all enjoy this weather and we'll talk again after this denver nuggets game